Everyday Podcast. I'm your host, Dan. With me today are Don. Hey, how's it going? And Sean. Hi. Hi. You came very close to a Ross Geller. Hi. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I had a, uh, a thought earlier. Uh, we were discussing, we haven't started the podcast on a depressing note in a while. Uh, so Colonel Bruce Hampton, who was a jam musician, died on stage during his birthday concert, his 70th birthday concert. I think this was Monday or, or Sunday, some point over the weekend. And uh, very tragic, obviously. We're not making light of that, although, you know, he was a musician that uh, some people, some of his friends were like, well, he died doing what he loves. That was great. Um, he died. He, yeah, he died. <laughs> the, the part that Sean and I, and especially Don, once we showed him, uh, had kind of a problem with is the fact that he drops onto the ground, and you can see it in the video, and then they keep playing for an additional five minutes before well, it And the video hits. cuts off. Well, I saw they took down one that yeah. I had seen originally. I mean, when, when you asked me if I'd seen it, I was like, I don't think I want to see that. Uh, well, it's not him dying that yeah, I wanted you to see. Exactly. It's them continuing to play for it's five absurd. minutes. That's absurd. So I was thinking about this earlier. If we were playing a game and I dropped dead <laughs> in the middle of, like, Lords of Waterdeep. Wait, well, is it your turn? I've already taken my turn. Well, then it'll go until... So it would go it's until it's my turn again, then you would get help. I mean, well, as soon as you don't take your turn, we start getting annoyed, and then we would pay attention. I would do what uh, was it, Warren Haynes? Oh, just yeah. kick him, just, yeah, kick just, him in the arm. Just kind of laugh and kick him. Yeah, yeah, yeah kick me. Kick Come me on, Dan. Yeah. yeah, hey, <laughs> Dan, get up. Why are you lying on the floor drooling? Come on, man. Two orange cubes. You want them? Yeah. Come on. Come on. You here? Mandatory quest. What are you going to do now? Well, <laughs> huh? get up, Dan. Mandatory. Get up. What if it was Werewolf, I was moderating, and I dropped dead during the last round? Do you finish the round before getting me help? Who else is playing? <laughs> Have you faked your death before? Ooh. In this scenario, yes. Okay. Or, so, you're moderating and everyone's got their eyes closed. <laughs> Do we open our eyes? <laughs> Everybody, close your eyes. <laughs> oh, and, and even that. He must have moved a card. Because, yeah, we all will make noises on the table, so. <laughs> that just, would be hilarious. We're all just laughing because someone's being a being jokester. A yeah. Seriously, though, there's some nobility in it. It's like in Titanic, when the ship's going down and they're still playing. Do not. People do call not, that noble. Do not compare those those musicians that went down with the ship to a jam band guy that fell over after introducing a nine-year-old kid. That's true. I want to know who that kid is. I'm yeah. tempted to look at him. Well, his life's ruined. Scarred for so. life. <laughs> Scarred for life. Yeah, wow. I do want to know, like, what was... I don't know. Anyway, that's very macabre. It's a very bizarre... Oh everything goodness. about that is very... And... It's not just a couple musicians on stage. It's there's 25. Like, yeah. like, there's and, so and many people out there. Big names. Big names. And it's his celebration. So all eyes are on him when he's on the stage. So, But if you're going to have a celebration of life, isn't it nice to be able to wrap it up? <laughs> well, it was his actual, I think it was his actual birthday. Mm -hmm. They can save money on the tombstone. Ooh. Yeah. 
right? Just the date, no like year. May first, nineteen whatever to two thousand seventeen. No, no year, just the the day. May first. Yep. With like a circle under it. Ooh. Or a burros, like snake eating its own tail. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mister Big Words. Yeah. Captain Big Words. He got promoted. One of the things I wanted to talk about today was um, the relaunch of a Kickstarter project that we had discussed a few episodes back, the uh, Game on Games Heroes of Land, Air, and Sea. That, I still have a problem with it. <laughs> I, I know. I know. that. Well, is your problem the ampersand? Yes, sir, it is. Yeah. My problem is the lack of the Oxford comma. Why does an ampersand bother you? People will use ampersands as ands without commas and it's just all a mess you're grouping together two things as a part of a list instead of a list would you be okay with oh, it if i had the oxford comma i don't think that's appropriate i see if he's going after like a grammar approach yeah it's not right N- well heroes of land air and sea so here it's it's the old joke, right? The we had dinner with the strippers, no. Lenin and Stalin, and it's the the draw, you know, no comma between Lenin comma yeah. and, and it's the drawing of Lenin and Stalin as strippers. Like, um, I mean, that's the the basis of using it, the Oxford comma. Grammar aside, the project relaunched today. They've earned two hundred seventeen thousand dollars as of now. Um. Refresh my memory. What was the original? The original goal was a hundred thousand, and they canceled the funding. After it, funding it, after funding, they were at like two thirty something like that. They have. I will. Uh, so I know we had problems with it. They have reworked their tiers. Their old project had probably ten different pledge tiers that you could do. There are two now. There's the core game and the deluxe game, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. Yeah, that's they, better. They dropped the price. Um, the core game was 100 bucks before. It's 79 now. Shipping. Um, curious. Yeah, I'm curious what the shipping would be. I suppose I could look it up. I could just try to pledge and see what happens. Um, shipping is $15. Okay. Um, not horrible. Not horrible. Um, and that's $15 for the... The core game, the deluxe game is twenty, so five more bucks for yeah. the expansion. Uh, they had the expansions broken up into two different expansions before they combined them into one box. So I commend them; they've made very good changes. I'm still a little reticent to get behind it. I I, I need to dig into the game more. I don't know even know if it's a game I would get on the get to the table much, but. Um, I'm still a little weirded out by their previous actions, but I can at least commend them on doing what they could to simplify it and at least making a better project when they relaunched. That is fair. Agreed. I, I think uh, I think it'll be interesting to see. It's taking, not that it's, it seems ridiculous to say that a project's like 85% funded on day one and it's taking a long time, but... There seems to be a lot of projects that will launch, and in two hours, they're funded. Gloomhaven funded in, like, 12 minutes. Yeah, but what did the first Gloomhaven fund at? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Because that's not 
a fair comparison. <laughs> right, because everybody knows. Gloomhaven's <laughs> second Kickstarter closed the other day. Guess what it closed at? We talked about it. I don't know. Two hundred dollars short of four million. Without a publisher. Well, I mean, they are the publisher. Well, they're the without a known like it is an independent, truly independent publisher. Yeah, but that's more common now. I mean, you look around this room and you'll see a lot of games that are, uh, you know, smaller or independent publishers, and it's becoming more and more common. And now he's got. I'm I'm not knocking that. Mm. I think it's awesome. I think what I'm getting at is the uh, having a big name publisher is means less and less now than it used to. Yeah, which is a good and a bad thing. You know, I mean, it's it's always been the Kickstarter argument. Sure, there's a lot more games now. Quality control, <laughs> right? There's a lot of shitty games. There's also a lot of publishers that put out a lot of shitty games. So there are, there are. Uh, so I, I was happy to see that relaunch, uh, and uh, more happy to see that they'd made good changes, or in my opinion, good changes. So, uh, you know, kudos to Gamelin Games for that. Uh, the other crowdfunding, I will be very careful of my wording there, the other crowdfunding thing I wanted to talk about uh, was Tasty Minstrel Games launching their uh, latest campaign, not on Kickstarter, but on Indiegogo. Um, the game is called The Flow of History, and it was a complete surprise that it came out on Indiegogo. The day before, they had even tweeted out, look for it on Kickstarter tomorrow, and then it comes out and everybody gets the email and it's like, oh, it's on Indiegogo. That's interesting. So I... I have a lot of thoughts about that. We talked about the MicroVentures um, equity funding that they're doing. MicroVentures and Indiegogo are a joint, it's a joint venture between the two of them. I find it very interesting that their new project pops up on Indiegogo after years of Kickstarter success, and now all of a sudden they're doing a project with MicroVentures, and their latest project pops up on Indiegogo instead. Yeah. <clears throat> I think it is very bizarre. I think it's more bizarre that the the notion was raised, and people were like, huh, that is kind of wor- weird, and then just dropped it. Um... In some instances, I would say it was a, a misuse of an eponym. I, I think people have started using Kickstarter as crowdfunding incorrectly. Sure. Because they don't they don't get that there are other sites or whatever. Um, I don't think that's what happened there. Like, sometimes I'd be like, eh, no, this is a history, very specifically, of Kickstarter... Mm-hmm. So, I'm wondering if it was the 11th hour. You know what I'm kind of disappointed no. I didn't do? Hmm. I wish when it launched, I went to compare the... I mean, this sounds tinfoil hat, but like... I wish I went to compare the campaign versus their past Kickstarter campaigns. Just how the design and release looked. Because I'm wondering if it was like an 11th hour. Oh no, you can't do it on Kickstarter. You have to do it. You don't think so? I don't believe so. I think it was probably all along, and I think 
they intentionally used the wrong term just to not bring up the questions before it was actually launched on. So on uh, Michael Mendes, the owner of Tasty Minstrel on Board Game Geek, I, I'm going to dig a little further, but uh, the day after it launched, or two days after maybe, um, someone was asking flat out, will you comment on the reason for the switch? And he said, I'm not ready to comment on this. I still need to look at a, and a, said in context, I still need to look at attempt to understand the results prior to such declarations. That's kind of a weird statement. Um, Why is it a weird statement? I mean, I don't think it's much of a leap of faith to believe that it was intentional and it absolutely had to do with some sort of cost structure behind the other portion behind the, uh, the funding. And there have been, uh, there have been other content, uh, or, uh, there have been other game publishers that have come forward and said, yeah, Indiegogo's fees are lower. Uh, they collect Mm -hmm. when you pledge, they collect immediately from the people that pledge. So the money doesn't come in all in a glut like it does with Kickstarter and it takes a while. It comes in in drips and drabs from Indiegogo. Um, which actually, has its own share of concerns for me. But. Exactly, it does for me as well. Um, I, I think, I think one of my biggest problems was that if, if you're going to do an equity crowdfunding where you cite your business and you talk about the past and you talk about your future endeavors and you very clearly make a comment about the Kickstarter success you've had and the. Uh, potential future Kickstarters that you're going to be doing. And then after you've raised over $100,000 in that equity crowd uh, crowdfunding f- to source your business, suddenly you start changing your business model. That to me seems a little off. I've literally been in these shoes before with an artist that I worked with. And there were discussions internally for more than a year about what it means to change the platform that is being used going from a history of kickstarter to patreon was a very very important dialogue to have internally so that it could be had with your fan base so apparently no one really does care but the fundings uh again uh, you know it's similar to what we just said with gamelin uh, Seems weird to say it just it, it's funded. I, I don't remember what the amount was, mm-hmm. but it funded today. And uh, they, you know, it's slower. It's much slower, and it's probably going to top out a lot lower than it would have on Kickstarter. Because a lot of people are just, I don't want to go to Indiegogo. I don't want to make an Indiegogo account. For whatever reasons. Everyone has their reasons, and it doesn't matter what they are. But I, I just, I, I think the fact that they had made a point of trying to raise money from people that wanted to invest in their company and they weren't forthcoming about changes that they were about to make in their company that could affect their bottom line, that seems ridiculous to me. That that they would do this without announcing it. I don't know that it's ridiculous. <clears throat> it might raise questions for people investing again. But on the other hand, you don't know what to what extent it is. I mean, this was one time. You don't know if it's going to continue on Indiegogo, if they're going to go back to Kickstarter. You don't know what the stipulations were around this decision. So if we took this out of the context that it's in and looked at a bigger business, getting actual real investors, and they they pulled something like this, there'd be massive problems, right? Like a bag of juice that you cut open and just... (laughs) Well, 
So there could be massive problems, but I mean, there's not necessarily. It's not like there's legal action. It's just money. Faith from your well, yes, exactly. It's faith from your investors and whether or not you're gonna have future success because these businesses usually require funding. I mean, so it's all about whether or not they perform as far as changing the direction of a company, changing the decisions they make. I mean, that's still within the major shareholder. Well, it's really within the board's decision. Hmm. I right. You board know, board controls the officers. Officers control the direction. I mean, obviously, you know, wish them the best. Hope everything funds. Hope they continue to have success. Best of luck. Flow of history looks fairly decent. It's a kind of a light civ game, card based civ game. So, um, and you can check them out on Indiegogo, which I think I've backed one project on Indiegogo. It was the Super Troopers two movie. Hmm. Well, see, now there's a track record right there. <laughs> Tied to success. Tied to success. Last weekend was one of my favorite days of the year, International Tabletop Day. Now, this year was a little weird. We weren't sure if we were actually going to be able to have it. We, we actually didn't think we were going to. We hadn't planned anything. Um, Laura's mother's birthday was that day, was that Saturday. She don't give a shit. She don't give a shit. No, I mean, since Jim, this is the first birthday since Jim died. Yeah, of course. You know, so Laura and I had this stuff planned out. We wanted to take her out and all this. Three days prior, she's like, yeah, I'm going out of town. <laughs> okay, Joanne, whatever you want. Uh, silver lining, she bought like 30, maybe not 30. I don't know how many. I haven't seen them yet. She bought two or three boxes full of board games at a yard sale. And they're like good board games. So I'm very yeah. excited to see those. Uh, but anyway, it was very last minute. We made a few phone calls. Got a couple people over. Had some tabletop day fun. I, I have to say that the first comment is I'm real happy how this space did with uh, you know eight or nine people in it. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, the, table, the table worked really well having two games running on at the same time. Two smaller games. We had Finca. I didn't know that. Yeah, we had uh, Laura and Tawny and Sharon were playing Finca. And Don, you and I and Kendall and Ben were playing Fire Tower. Mm-hmm. Over here. Yeah. So that well, was... to be clear, Kendall and Ben were playing Fire Tower. Yeah. You and I were. Yeah, I've actually, I contacted the, the designer. Um, there's apparently a team variant as well that she said we should try out. So... Uh, we need to dig. There's a game we're playing called Fire Tower. Uh, should be coming to Kickstarter at some point this year, but we've been playing that to see. And we've uh, uh, we had a game, and Don and I got eliminated quite quickly, and then sat around and watched Ben and Kendall play for a while. Um, but Tabletop Day was a lot of fun. We started around, I think, probably two was when we uh, started playing, and then uh, Sean, you left at. I was here about four something, and then left. At around seven, eight something. Yeah, it was it was late uh, uh, when you finally left for the evening. I think it was oh, two, two in the morning. You it it was out. later because I think I think as I was driving, I was like, oh, it's not even table. Like I was gonna make the joke about it being tabletop on the west coast still. Yeah, but no, it it was it was late. So glad I didn't stick it out, dude. That was an awesome game though. That la- that last one, Islebound. Yeah. So let's recap the day. Uh, we started with Fire Tower. We played Fire Tower. That was uh, we'll we'll go over that in depth sometime later. Uh, I wish Laura was here. She's at a birthday party, so she couldn't make it. But 
they played Finca, which is uh, one of uh, one of our favorites. Um, I don't know if either of you have, I have played it. You've played Finca, yeah, the fruit and the donkey cart and all that. Um, donkey cart. Yeah. Maybe I have. I definitely know the name. I'd have to see it. Whatever. It it's uh, it's a fun game. Um, so they played that, and that was great. That that's where the table held two games. Uh, then we played a seven-person game of Between Two Cities, which made me laugh because there it is, the seven-person game, two new people. The game took as long to explain as it did to play. A uh, lot of fun. I, I enjoy that game. Yeah. I think I think Ben might have made the joke about it taking the scoring, actually. Kendall. Oh, Kendall. Kendall made the joke. Yeah, and it's, it's true. Like, the scoring on that game takes about as long as playing the game. It does. It really does. Um... I find, uh, there's an expansion. They just announced that the oh. expansion should be out relatively soon. Uh, I think it's called Capitals. Uh, there's very they, it gives you a play mat that actually has like some pre-built stuff on it, uh, and I think uh, you get points for like putting the right things down, something like that. Uh, so that looks pretty neat. Then we split into two groups again. Sean, you and I, and Kendall and Ben and Sharon went and played Cosmic. Fucking Encounter. That's right. We played Cosmic Encounter. Um, it's once a year for me. Yeah, well, I, I, I get it. Like, I, but like I said on text, like I'm not complaining. Yeah. It's just it's now, good to know it's right. coming out. And Sean and I had the discussion. Um, obviously, every group's different. In our group, there are uh, there's a subset of people that do not like Cosmic Encounter. Uh, it just, by odd coincidence, happens to be the spouses um uh, uh or sisters <laughs> uh so laura and robin and sharon um and you know uh, our friend mallory they're not a fan of cosmic encounter uh whereas we seem to really enjoy it um you're beating around the bush there seems to be a gender bias in our group there is in our I group don't know why there there are certainly i have no clue why either i think it also has to do with how we interact and it's just coincidental i mean I generally feel like um, making aggressive moves against you, like we when we play D and D and we're screwing around or we're playing an aggressive game that it is like you are going to be attacked or I am going to make a tactical decision to screw you over here, like that's just a language that we speak that I don't think either I have the same level of comfort with with some of the females or whatever i like i don't i don't know if it's i don't know if it's that i honestly think it's just it happens to be gender based in our in our group and i think that there are cosmic encounter much like when we talked about too many bones last night i think there are going to be people that love it and people that don't care for it and the reason for that is that you basically have two sets of rules well you have your set of rules which cosmic encounter is a very easy game to learn how to play yes and then you have, okay, now you know the rules. Let's talk about our aliens, which break all the rules. And that turns into a whole different metagame within the game. And I think certain people just aren't interested in, in that sort of aspect of the game. That's fair. Um, I, uh, I expect the gender bias is just in our group. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I'm, I'm certain it is. Um, uh, I'd be interested people take these, uh, uh, the Myers-Briggs tests. Mm-hmm. I, I would be interested to see... If there's any correlation with personalities on on games like that, I just want to know if they're a robot or not. Uh, <laughs> is that what the Myers Briggs is for? No, 
<laughs> no, no, sir. Pretty uh, sure that's the Turing test, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, While we were playing that, Don, you played Yido. Yido! With Tani and Laura. Yes. Hi, what Now, I'm, I'm very curious. I love Yido. I that is a complicated game. Yeah. But part of why it's complicated is I don't speak Japanese. I don't read Japanese. Okay. If I did, it would be simpler. A lot of text on things. It's not that. It's just quickly identifying the different tiles. Okay. Is more challenging because I don't recognize the kanji at all. I mean, it has, means nothing to me. If the tiles are upside down, I can't tell. Did you try using Google Translate to see if the kanji actually was what it said it was? No, but I believe it is. Great fruit all soda. Unique. It was not yeah. grapefruit soda. Uh, do you have it, or is it theirs? No, it's theirs. It's theirs. Okay. I'm curious to see it, because I didn't even look. Oh, it's, yep. a fan, it's a fantastic game. It is very good. So that was the only thing that bothered me about it, was just that some of the tiles were a little meh. But other than that, yes, it's a very good game. It is complicated. The scoring is complicated. Just how to build up to the points is kind of complicated, but you can kind of steal points here and there by doing things. But it's also important to remember because you don't go back through at the end to check your scoring, so it's important to keep an eye on the scoring as you go because if you miss it, you might have missed it. And just a couple of points make a big difference. The The game that we played, I thought I was doing poorly screwed around and traded bonus cards with Laura because I'm like, haha, here, take this one. And she handed me one that I thought was going to be impossible, but it was in like turn th- five. So I had plenty of time to finish it and I wound up finishing it and I, it was worth a lot of points. So, um, it's, so Sean, it's basically, I mean, it's a worker placement game. Spelling. Uh, Y-E-D-O. Okay. Yido. Yido. And... In the worker placement game, there are uh, six different areas of the city. More than that. More. I think there are eight. Maybe eight. Okay. Well, regardless of how many there are, there's the city watch. And the city watch moves throughout the city. And when it moves there, it random, or it'll randomly move somewhere. And it shuts down an area of the city. It's not random. Oh, it's one it's space. It's deterministic. It either goes clockwise or counterclockwise. Oh, right. But Red or blue. Get, yeah, but you get cards that you can change. You can influence right. its movement. That's what it is. And you can also get cards to defend yourself against its movement. Right. That sounds awesome, and but you're it, both wrong. Seven. Ah! Oh. We were equally wrong. <laughs> right. Which is the same as being right. Exactly. Uh, I, I really find that uh, with Yido, there's... That's one of those learning curve games. You know, you mm. first get into it, and it, it seems really complicated, but by the end of turn 11, you're like, oh, okay. Absolutely. I, I After we got done playing it, I kind of wanted to play it immediately again because I felt mm-hmm. like it, it would be a game that would uh, sink in a lot more, sort of, sort of like Great Western Trail is, mm-hmm. uh, sink in a lot more on the second play or third play. So Yeah, by halfway through, I kind of had the system down, and I had a bonus card that I leveraged pretty heavily. And nobody noticed. Hmm. And you won, too. And I won. It was basically getting a bonus point for each green challenge you completed, quest you completed. Mm -hmm. And the greens are incredibly easy. Mm -hmm. And I was completing two a turn. Just boom, 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 boom. Just take them, complete them, take them, complete them. The more I play with Don, I feel like he is... um, He executes what I'm always trying to do very well. Like, he picks up on the mechanics and develops a strategy and sticks with it and whereas like i'll get way too pot committed to what i think is a strategy and just screw myself but like i keep seeing him consistently figuring things out and 
staying. I'm very curious. I, I'd have to pay more attention. I have a feeling you're very similar to. I, I joke with Laura, with the kitchen and cleaning the kitchen. I am when I look at dinner as a project. Uh-huh. Dinner starts with a clean kitchen and it ends with a clean kitchen. Okay. To Laura, dinner is a task that ends when we have food and we eat. And that's it. And the cleaning of the dishes and all that. And I mean, she hates dishes, so that's part of it. But sure. that's not part of the task. So I'm curious if you wind up seeing a part of something and you're like, yes! Super interesting idea. And, and you latch to onto me, it? To me, it's yeah. interesting. Um, it makes sense the way I play video games. Like, that's totally... An appealing concept about having little missions. And maybe I'll need to pay more attention to that with hmm. some of these games where it's like I start going, okay, this is the path I'm going to do. Anyway, you're good at games is what I'm saying. I, I admire the way you develop a strategy. And even if you, let's say you lose two times in a row, I feel like you're not a varying player. Like, you'll... You'll see giant fluctuations between Dan and I, and whereas I will see you kind of consistently do well, it's just how much worse or better we do. I definitely get tunnel vision and just stick with one thing that I think is going to work well. <clears throat> Leverage it as much as possible. Shiny things? Well, though. not so much. I, I kind of look for the part that is out of balance. I mean, yeah. that bonus card I had was out of balance. But because. That's, but that's what I try and do and fail. Like, I'll be like, oh, this is the card no one wants. Why does no one want it? Oh, I see how this could be cool and leveraged, and then I never succeed. Mm-hmm. Whereas... I mean, looking... there are these bonus cards that look fairly difficult to do, and it's six points for the bonus card in Yido. Whereas this one is, it's one per the green things, and I banged out ten of those cards. Because nobody wanted them because they're the green, they're the easy ones, they're for the beginning couple of turns... So nobody cared. So I just constantly went and got them. And also, it was only three people playing, so the places are fairly easy to get to, to get the cards and just. What are those in Great Western Trail? What are the things no one wants? They don't have a score. Well, though. it's it's. I wouldn't say no one wants them. I the the bonus cards. They're just bonus cards. But uh, I think there's a different name for them. But they have a score. You no. I was I was talking about the cows, the cheap cows. They don't have a score. Oh, oh, that's just your starting deck. Yeah, yeah they yeah. don't have a score. So there's what four four different mission types in Yido: green, yes. green, yellow, red, and black. Right, and the black are the super hard ones. Yeah, red are yeah. It, it's people a... <laughs> skip the greens like you would skip the beans in the. So in my book. one turn playing, uh-huh. my one time <laughs> playing, so I already took greens the first time. So you start with you have to start with at least one hard one, run one red or black, and then one easier one, and so. At least when we were playing, there's a lot of gravitation towards yellow and red, yellow and red. Whereas nobody wanted the blacks. <clears throat> and nobody really wanted the greens after the first two turns. And I just kept taking them, quickly complete them, which gave me a bunch of money, because then I spent all my other time. There's <clears throat> So the metric broke into two things for me. Had that bonus card, so take all the greens and cash them in quickly. Now the greens don't really give you victory points for completing, except if you do. There's two stages to the cards. It's the easy plus the bonus add-on. If you complete the bonus add-on, there's usually one more point to it. But it always gives you money. And then there's a space on the board where you can cash in money for points. And it's actually not bad considering the amount of money you get. So that's all I did. Get cards, complete cards, trade for points. That's all I did the whole way around. And that was more than half the game for me. You and Laura have something in common. 
you guys really love engine building games. Yep. Oh, Laura loves that, where she can, you know, maybe it takes three, four turns for her to develop it. She gets an engine built, and she yep. pulls this resource in. She does these three <clears throat> things, and she spits out victory points. She loves those games. Engine She's very build- good at them. Oh, I she is. Engine building games, they are just her thing. Like I never realized that was a... Like obviously, it's a thing that we see in games. Yeah, I mean, if you really want to break it down, Dominion, Dominion's an engine builder. That yep. most deck builders well, are engine yeah. builders. Ma- like Magic, when I played, it was all about my my symbiosis between. All right, how quickly can I get these out and create a system where you can't do anything? Right. You know, I I, I still may try to pick Yido up. It sounds ridiculous since Ben and Tani own it, but um, I don't know how much longer it's going to be in print and it's a good enough game that i wouldn't mind having it, it is a good game um and i know the first play takes a while but subsequent subsequent plays would would quicken up quite a bit i think absolutely but when we were playing the last couple of rounds went a couple of minutes apiece. yeah you know, everybody knew what they were doing and you just did it um <clears throat> we played pandemic yes we did um i have a, apparently a miss I have down that Don played Pandemic. Don, you did not play Pandemic. No, I didn't. He commented. It I was did. Me and you and Sharon. There was more than that. And uh-huh. Ben. Yeah. Yes. And you I, guys didn't have the medic, so you were fucked. I didn't have me. That's who I was missing in that play. Did you mistype Dan? Yeah, okay. I think so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do that a lot, do you, Dan? I, no. I had to put auto changes in my phone for you to... For, well, anyway, whatever. Um, Weirdo. We were talking about Pandemic Legacy like minutes before, and it just so happened while you were upstairs and we were deciding, it seemed a, a couple people were like, yeah, I'll do that. Um, it had been forever since I'd played it, and I mean, I feel like that was one of the first games you ever taught me. Hmm. Um, one of my favorite games of Pandemic was with Christy and Mark. I took two turns. And that was it. And we died. <laughs> every every card that came up was black. Yeah. And all the black cubes came out. And yeah. like Mark only got one turn. It, we we ended the game on on my second turn. And I'm like, uh. So did you play again? Yeah. yeah. I mean, we set up and played again. Because <laughs> okay. we're like, well, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Let's try it again. And we still lost. But yeah. Yeah, we, um, it didn't leave a bad taste in my mouth at all. Because we had a good fight. Uh. I thought we were in the clear. We had three cured. Yes. But not quarantined. Is that what it's? Correct. We had three cured, not quarantined. And then, um, oh, we lost because of outbreaks. Yeah. We stopped paying attention. We stopped paying attention to the outbreaks a little bit and it it bothered us. Yeah. But fun. I'd like to see it again. I mean, maybe, maybe I'm in the minority. I feel like pandemic is one of the uh, intro gateway games. Oh, it is. And that's part of why I don't see it anymore. And now that the legacy version has gotten people so tied up. It's... For, for me, it's co-ops. I, I'm, I'm getting like Don. Really? Co-ops are, are less... Uh, certain co-ops. Um, but I'd rather play Flashpoint I, than, okay. than Pandemic. I, w- I would need to revisit that because I didn't like that as much when I played it. Oh, yeah. Flash, I, I, I liked Flashpoint a lot. Dead of Winter. Not a co-op. 
we've talked about this. We've I mean, it's a co-op. But that's why it's okay with you, because yeah. it's a co-op, but it's not really. Yeah. Right. It's got that aspect where it's like, fuck you, I'm doing something else. Uh, did you see the, the thing debut materials? Oh, yeah, the, um, what's it uh, called? Uh, warring... Whatever. I Based Wait. on what I am seeing on that board, I called it. It is going to be very similar to Dead of Winter, and I'm totally happy oh, with wait. that. Oh, wait. We're talking yes. about different things. The the materials, the board, and a bunch of images for the board game have been revealed. For what board game? The Thing. Oh, oh The Thing, like the, the movie. Thing. Like John they Carpenter. Just, they just yes. announced... Oh, no shit. Yeah. Plat Hat just announced a oh, new okay. Dead of Winter expansion that will allow you to take Dead of and Winter aliens. and The Long Night and combine them. And play an eleven-person game. Whoa! <laughs> I feel like that, that might suffer. It might suffer the. Nope. They have a the mechanism. They have a mechanism where you're taking simultaneous turns. Cool. All right. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I know, right? I'm super I love interested. It. Will but that back be to out? The thing. Yes, we'll come back to this. Uh, will that be out by the con? The uh, by BGG con? I don't know. They didn't really release a date. I'm hoping it's out by Origins, but since that's, that's like June. a week or a month away, I yeah. doubt that. But the, the thing, thing, yes, Dan and I have talked about the thing a lot off mic and off podcast planning um, chat. So you've left me in the dark. Uh, this started a long time ago, and I guess I was just ignorant of how much. You would have my back on how awesome this fucking thing is going to be. So, so there's, there's a here. Here's... Two words immediately come to mind. What? What I just think of the source material, Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. Okay. However, that is the exception, and here, here's the problem. I feel real bad because Sean will approach me and be like, "Dude, blah 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 blah," and I'm like, "Yeah." Every time they do something like that, it's shit. And then he, because it's theme based on a yes. source material yep. specifically, and so they try to adhere okay. to it, and it turns into crap. To catch you exactly. up very quickly, um, one of my favorite creative agencies, essentially, they started out doing uh, film posters, beautiful posters, and expanded very, very, very carefully into they do vinyl, limited vinyl releases. They do. Uh, very, very limited, weird, you know, like, statues or pins or specialty, unique Mm -hmm. niche things. And they did uh, this announcement that we're getting into the board game realm. The property that we're taking with us is the thing. John Carpenter's the thing. We are doing a partnership with this company, which is a... um, what is the term, Dan? Uh, it, it's an offshoot, but it's a... Subsidiary? It's staring at me blankly. No, well, I don't know what you're going for. Well, It's USA Apple. Yeah, yes, yes. But they're specifically launching this other... Division? Division to handle the blank games. The not-garbage games. Um, so... I had a vested interest because I love what the company is doing. I read a bunch of the stuff that they're putting out. I admire the stuff they're putting out. I've seen the work they put into their products. And until the USAopoly connection, which I wasn't aware of, I had no reason to think that there was anything but the highest standards being set. And so I brought this to him, and he was like, well, the concern here is that the it's someone new getting into the board game realm, 
and the licensing type things can be bad. And I was like, yes, but that's why I trust these guys. I'm with you. But these guys have a standard that they don't want to fuck up, especially for something they care about this much. And he's like, well, but the partner that they're choosing to go with doesn't have the greatest track record in terms of quality. Right. So how does the partner factor into this, though? It's well, like we don't know yet. Well, no, that is. That's the publisher. USAopoly is a publisher. Right. Publisher. USAopoly. They, they make all the USAopoly. They do other stuff, but their their cash cow is Beeropoly, Vermontopoly, uh, Donopoly. Like okay, so it these... is that name. Oh, oh yeah. God. Yes. Yes. But they're the publisher. They are the publisher. However, the with publishing often comes a lot, a lot of... Cre- uh, I'm using the word creative, not just in design, but in um, development, like a lot of creative control. And that's Hmm. um, so often like you can pick a random game off the shelf and and you will see, uh, you know, game designed by blah, uh, game produced by blah and developed by. And that's the, um, uh, you know, that that that's where you start getting... I, I start getting into the, the weirdness of like, eh, this might not be so good. So I, there might be too many red flags between USAopoly licensed material and first board game. To me, the big red flags licensed material. I, I I am so hesitant. Like, Battlestar Galactica is amazing. That game is amazing. However, there are very few other licensed games that are that good. There's one sitting behind Sean, Firefly, that I haven't opened yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Laura and I have a deal that she needs to watch the whole series before we open it. That doesn't take very long. It's like six, eight, <laughs> um, twelve. Twelve episodes. And the movie. And the yeah. movie, yeah. There was a point in time when all comic book movies were considered garbage. There was right. Like, Remember the days. Yeah. I, I am with you, Dan. I and I agree, like, but there are also people that are visionaries that get it right, and I'm hopeful that this is the one. So, question: Are they straight up producing it, or are they just kickstartering it? Uh, it's just gonna, as of now, what has been released, and this is like, the last twenty four hours, they've actually started showing stuff. It looks like it will just be released. There's going to be one thousand nine hundred and eighty two copies that have an exclusive uh, box uh. that will be on their site for sale. But otherwise, I have a feeling that's where USAopoly comes into play is getting it out there. I will look for it at Origins and let you know what I see. Hmm. I mean, that there's a lot more to show, but that's mm-hmm. the board. Right, yeah. so it's the, see? I haven't it's seen. the base and yeah. sure. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, they could make a great game. I hope they, they do. Be. I really hope yeah, they do. I always don't want more up, good guys. board games <laughs> like, out there, you know? Um, it, it's it's just such a high bar. Wait, what's the bottom? Inf- infection at Elkis 31, yeah. Um, it is a super high bar. Um, so it's pseudo-cooperative, obviously. Yeah. I, it makes, I like, like it. thematically, it makes so much goddamn sense. Mm-hmm. And Battlestar slash Dead of Winter... Yep. will work beautifully for that. I yep. really like Dead of Winter. It's, it's a great game, yeah. We still haven't anyway. Yeah. Sorry. Super so, sidetrack. Yeah, let's let's, cutting let's all wrap of this up out. on our tabletop day stuff. <clears throat> and we can wrap the whole podcast and play games. Whatever this Dead of Winter thing is, you've gotta get it. Oh the I, I, person, you gotta do it. Right? I I The problem is finding eleven people. <laughs> uh we'll force eleven people to play. <laughs> we will force uh, eleven people to play. Well, 
I guarantee people like Nate and Ben would be down for that. Oh yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Sam, um, Sam would love something yeah, like that. I, if he only, right yeah, well, we can get him up here. For that, I bet he would. If he he didn't play it yet, right? he hasn't played yeah. that yet. He would. He'd love it. I will never forget when Sam was going to come over for a game night, and he's like, "Do you have stuff where we're betraying and killing other people?" <laughs> Perfect. It's like, yeah, it's Game of Thrones. You're in Warring Colonies. That's what it's called, Warring Colonies. And like the tagline or the the lead up to it is like, "You didn't care when the other colony moved in, but then they started taking your stuff." It's like, yep. There it is. So I, I'm very excited about that because it sounds like it's going to mix the best elements of it. You're probably going to have two colonies warring against each other, obviously. I mean, the name. Uh, so you're going to have one team against the other team, but within the teams, you're going to have strife. Uh, God, there's a fucking GMT game called Pericles, which is based off the same system that Churchill uses. So cool. you've got, uh, you know, the different nations of the. God, I guess Roman. It's the Roman era, but and, and within those factions, you have warring going on, like political war. It sounds so awesome. GMT makes us such a good product. So, anyway, we wrapped pandemic. You guys wrapped Yido. You, well, we had pizza. I, by the way, I sent you a text. Sorry, I missed you. You kind of sneaked out there when when Christy and Randy showed up. Mm-hmm. That's was, I had to go to the bathroom, and it was gone a minute and a half, and missed you, but. Anyway, then we played... Oh, you were gone, too. Yeah, right. I, I took a dog break. Yeah. So I played Istanbul with uh, Ben and Christy. They hadn't played in Istanbul before. Um, very uh, very good game. I, I like Istanbul a lot. Uh, I, I'm sure. Neither of them have played before. Yeah, I won. How much did you win by? Yeah, uh, there not, you go. Not by much. I had Istanbul is one of those games that you have to play more than once to understand what's going on. You really do. You really do. Although, I will give this to them. They picked up on something that a lot of people can struggle... Like, you struggled with it, too. The, Fuck you. The, mecha- the mechanic of uh, you move and then you leave a person, and you move and you leave a person. It's oh. different. That's not what I struggled with. I struggled with... Doing my thing, where I had a I had a plan of action. By the time I needed anything else, it was too expensive. That other people got to it before you. Yeah, hmm. and when you're trying to buy those things late in the game, you're out. See, now that's different than my issue with it. The thing I struggle with it is the way the board's divided in half. I have a hard time spending the turns to get from one side to the other. Well, that was my theory. it's definitely bifurcated on what you need to do. We need to do a random setup at some yes. point and see what happens. Oh, I forgot. That's yeah, a specific setup. <laughs> so so. They, they were not idiots. They moved around. Right. Uh, and they picked up on shit pretty quickly. Yeah. You know, they didn't have to eat popcorn first. Uh, and then... Fucker. Uh, Tani and Laura and Randy played Turia, which is over there below. And Laura told me a funny story that I did not see. So, Don, there's a box on top of Turia. To tell you what I did. Yeah. <laughs> Pick up that box. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's full of poker chips. So, um... Yeah. Holy so, shit. It's only poker chips. It is only poker chips, yeah. After they cleaned up... I took the box. I mean, it's dented because it probably fell once and the poker chips crushed the plastic. Yeah. Uh, and then the evening closed out with uh, 
Sean and Laura and I playing Islebound, which is uh, this uh, Ryan Lockett. It's Red Raven Games. Same same guy as Above and Below. Uh, very great game. A lot of fun. Uh, Sean, I, I... What were you going to say? I, I, I know you, uh, you enjoyed the game. Uh, I took one of your territories away, and I saw <laughs> your head, like, turn red, and steam was coming out of your ears, and... I say this with hesitation, but I... It has been a long time since I played a game I liked as much as that. And maybe it was just a fluke, so I want to play it again, but it's real high on my list right now in terms of enjoyment, and, I mean, I love the guy's art. It's, mm-hmm. like... We talked about that a long time ago. Um, probably my favorite board game art, uh, hmm. the stuff he does. It's just, it's, there's so much, like, it's cute, but there's creepy. There's just a lot of beautiful stuff going on. Um, the mechanics were fun. It was not cooperative, um, but... Yeah, I just, I don't know. So, Don, the premise behind Islebound is you, yeah. I watched a YouTube channel review of it. Oh. Oh. I would say, in a nutshell, you should start doing YouTube channel reviews because doofuses are out there doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Really? Yeah, dude. It was rough. I I don't watch many of them. And I'm not, I, whatever. People get their th- obviously we're doing this podcast hopefully people are finding value out of this i'm just saying it's a deficiency in myself that uh i i find less uh i am less influenced by others thoughts on games than i am on uh whatever weird things happen to pop into my head about a game mm-hmm. and uh you know i'm often wrong and that's great because i find new things when i'm wrong um, I like What's the last game you were Gloomhaven. No, no, no. Clank was the one I was gonna. When I first oh. saw Clank, I was like, "Eh, this looks kind of odd." And and that was one and... that I was totally into, and I'm glad I didn't. Ask yeah, you no, it, I, because he would have shit all <laughs> over it. And now we, I love it. That's a great game. Mm-hmm. We've actually that's uh, kind of wraps our tabletop day. That that was our tabletop day. It was a lot of fun, but we've been playing a lot of Clank lately. I want to revise my earlier statement. Doofus was too strong. Uh, excessively quirky. Okay. The presentation was excessively quirky. Like, oh, yeah, got a kitsch to it that is not Interesting. Useful. I'm curious who it was. Okay. We'll talk. We'll talk later. Um, so, yeah, Tabletop Day was fun. Uh, it's always a good time. I hope you, you all did something fun for Tabletop Day. But, yes, we... We've been playing Clank a lot as a game that I was wrong about. Like, I didn't, I hadn't really thought about it. Uh, it didn't appeal to my senses. Then I played it at Granite Game Summit, and wow, it was a lot of fun. I, Don, I, I, I thought of you the first time I played it because I was like, this has the deck building aspects, but there's this, this board that actually ties in well to the deck. Like, it's not just this weird abstraction where oh, you have a card that does something and now you get to do something on the board and there's not really a tie-in. Like, those cards tie into what you're doing. We talked about this not on mic, right? Where I asked if that's a thing that we're going to start seeing more of. You said that it's already out there. I thought we did talk about What's it on that? mic. But What's you're that? absolutely right. The Because there, there are a lot of deck builders now and deck builders tied the board games. Mm. 
Yeah. Is that going to be a thing? It, it is. It, it's already a thing. Uh, there, uh, It's a thing. It's not a thing that gets done well very frequently. Uh, there are a lot of people that like trains. Trains is one of the other big ones. I don't I can't like keep it. them straight. I know. I know. It's trains. Well, it's Jackie's fault, right? Train game. Yeah. Her calling Ticket to Ride train game all the time. I really like Clank. I think it could be a little more complex and still be good. Oh, for we sure. Should, only a couple elements. We should the try the, uh, the expansion because it has underwater rules. Right, you're Instead saying. of below ground, you're underwater and you have to keep surfacing, I think. Yep. Uh, and so we should, we should try that. That's not the added complexity I was hoping for, though. Oh. Another met, one more metric on the cards because the cards themselves are pretty straightforward. But when you're actually building your own deck, it's only you're only worrying about the clank, the money, the boots. The swords right there are more things so for me what i see is the biggest challenge with the deck building clank there's very few cards that allow you to cull things out of your deck you're constantly stuck with the stumbles that and and the cards that you don't necessarily want like you get to a point mid-game where you don't need those those early cards anymore it well right. and it goes faster than a deck builder so i think yep. that's like you're not seeing those cull cards because yeah. You're not going to see that card more than once. Right. Well, yeah. And I mean, there's literally only like three cards in the game yeah. that allow you to call cards. So. Well, also, when Sean pulls the fire alarm like three turns in, he's jumping the hell out of the castle. He's like, ah, oh, I got a thing. I got one thing. Look at this thing. I'm out of here. It's worth one point. I don't care. I'm out. <laughs> it's my point, damn it. I'm keeping it. It is a returnable bottle of twisted tea. I'm out. <laughs> Do you know how much these things are worth in Randolph? Do you? <laughs> Vermont, five cent deposit. Randolph, full refund. What? <laughs> no, full refill. They just... <laughs> it's going to be like that Seinfeld and load up a... Uh, U-Haul and go to Maine. Post office truck and it was Michigan. It was Michigan in a post office uh, truck. But that I was thought Seinfeld. it was Maine and they went there with Snapple bottles. But you haven't seen Seinfeld. I have seen <laughs> Seinfeld. Oh, the two of you. We've been playing a lot of another game lately, too. I know we just talked about Clank in the last segment, but we have been playing Great Western Trail. Now, the three of us really enjoyed Mombasa, which is another Alex Pfister game. And Great Western Trail is one that I think... I, 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 I don't know if I'm ready to say I like it more than Mombasa, but it is mm. certainly on par. I seem more excited about it. Great Western Trail? Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you right now what excites me more about Great Western Trail than Mombasa. Mombasa at four players is a near-perfect game to me. Hmm. But you go below four, and it falls flat. Because you need four players to have that, that parity. We only played it with three, right? Us? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Well, I've played it at every player yeah, count. Yeah. And, and it really, it, it, unless you've got four, it's not as good. Great Western Trail scales. And there's a lot to be said about a game that can scale like that. I I know the first time we played, it was a bit not. It's not confusing. I don't think it's confusing. There's complexity. It's yeah. not complicated, but there is complexity to that game. A lot of complexity. You know, you have those those bonus cards that uh, you, <laughs> both of you went on the same like. Fuck that. I'm ignoring right. these. I'm not that far yet. I can't. Right. Can't, can't focus on this. Um, so, you, you know, you've got the bonus cards. You've got the, uh, you know, the cow market. The cows give you different points. You've got delivering cows for, for points. There, there's just so much going on there. 
And uh, I, I think, I think, which is why I didn't like it first play. Really? I mean, I think that's what it comes down to. I said it was a jerk off game for like it just felt like congratulations, pat yourself on the back. You know games so well, you can now play this with forty five things going on, and it just felt to me at the time very self-congratulatory of like look at how advanced you are for playing this game with the so gamers much. game yeah 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 that that's why it annoyed me it felt hmm. I think I told you I don't feel stupid when I lose games I feel talked down to basically by this game and then I left and I had something to eat <laughs> blood sugar <laughs> Sean was angry. That's his problem. Um, and the more time that it sat, I was like, okay, I I will go back. How to did it. you feel after your second play? Less talk down to? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I felt after the second play like I normally feel after the first play with games. And I don't think it's... It's not that I felt... Um, like it was too hard or complicated or it's that I guess the hype surrounding it like converging with I don't need you to make me feel like I can't do this like so Great Western Trail is a good example of uh, uh, some some like tenets in game design that people seem to be following now which is uh, you can get points for just about anything. And mm -hmm. the, the popular term is point salad. Like, huh. uh, that, that's what people use a lot. Stefan Feld's games, uh, everyone's like, oh, it's a point salad game. Uh, you know, you can get points for doing X, points, points for doing Y, points for doing Z. I don't and, know and, what uh, you were but, pointing to. Uh, well, that's that entire top shelf that Don's pointing okay. at is all Stefan Feld games. And I've never touched any of them. Uh, you Agreed. You've I... played a Stefan Feld game? I, I and, know I have. And hated it. Oh, Notre Dame, yeah. yeah. So, uh, not not that I'm comparing uh, Great Western Trail to a, a Stefan Feld game, but I can definitely see some sort of similarities where there's a lot of different things you can uh, you you could get points for. Now, unlike Mombasa, I, I feel like Mombasa sort of makes you focus a little more. I feel like Great Western Trail has a little bit more openness where. You can sort of like, oh, I'm, I'm going to get points for delivering cattle. I'm also going to get points for having cattle cards. I'm going to get points for trading with the Indians and, uh, you know, working with my bonus card. I'm going to get points for buying hazards. Like, you can spread yourself out a bit and not suffer too greatly. There are strategy articles that pop up on BGG where people are like, oh, let's talk about the cow strategy. Or you just focus completely on buying cows. And trying to deliver cows, mm -hmm. sort of, but mostly getting points from buying cows. And, you know, I don't know. I, I Reading those strategy articles on BGG isn't fun for me. I like figuring out my own things. And obviously, I don't figure many of them out. I lose a lot. But um, I, I think that there's, there's many paths to victory. And I don't know if any of them are stronger than any others, which is probably the hallmark of a good game. But I think that those multiple paths and the various ways that you can get victory points can feel very daunting. You can feel very talked down to by that game. I, I completely get that. Which, 
based on especially what we were talking about earlier, should be right up my alley. Because you're just doing whatever you want that feels right. But I I will say, both times we played, um, I felt like no matter what I was doing uh, for the top track, whatever mm-hmm. it's called. The delivery. The delivering the Delivery, yeah. yeah. I couldn't keep up and suffered a lot. And that was frustrating. The but. more I get to play the game, the more I'm realizing how uh, the the balancing act of looking at each building you want to stop at throughout the way, and yet planning ahead to try and make sure that you've done everything you can to get a higher value hand of cattle by the time you get to Kansas City, it, that, that to me is the to use a corny word, the magic of the game, where it, it it's such a, a fine balance of, okay, I want to do X, Y, and Z, but I want to do X, Y, and Z and still end up with at least 10 points of cattle to deliver so that I can make it to Colorado or whatever the 10-point city is because I need to get out there. It, it's 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 really neat. Uh, there There's a lot of fun stuff going on in that game. I, I liked it from the first minute I played it. Um, you know, I bought it immediately at BGGCon because it was like, this This game's going to be right up my alley. I was thinking of the two of you when I got it because I knew that with how good Mombasa is and, and the things that we liked in Mombasa, this has some similarities in that, you know, you have different paths. You know, you think about Mombasa, it's like, all right, well, I'm going to work on my shares, obviously, but I'm going to pound the shit out of the diamond market and i'm gonna get my diamond you know moving all the way around or i'm gonna deliver deliver books you know do the bookkeeper action like it's my job and that sort of thing so there's so much going on there in in great western trail but uh i i don't know i am looking forward to more plays of that laura laura likes it too she she really enjoys that game uh which is a good example of what we talked about earlier she builds an engine you know and and that's sort of the the pseudo deck building part of it where you're getting the cattle in so that you can be like, Oh, all right, I'm going to trade in these two jerseys for four coins. And then I'm going to go to the next spot and I'm going to buy more cattle. And it just speaks to her. So a point salad point of view. I think the first time we played, I was pretty much on wedge salad, (laughs) just two cuts, some dressing and fucking make it work. (laughs) So it was only cattle market, cattle market and try to push up the cities. Yeah. Second time, we're definitely more into like the Caesar salad. Threw a little Parmesan in there, some croutons. Managed to get at least a little bit more out of building more of the tiles and mm-hmm. also leveraging having lots of engineers. Oh my god, we built so many things between the three of us so in the last many. game. Yep. But still got to step up to that like chef salad. Got to definitely leverage the whole station master thing more mm. and talking to those Indians. Yeah, oh uh, yeah. I mean, the trading trading with the Indians is is fantastic. Once at one point in the game, the last game we had, it was a you could get 10, 10 coins exactly, and it still just sat there, right? Because we, we had our own plans, right? Uh, we, we, and it's funny because Sean, you even asked me why did you take the eight point one when there was a ten point one right there or a ten coin one, but I mean coins are coins, so. Uh, I needed blue instead mm-hmm. of green, and that, that that was really neat. Um, yeah, it's it's a fun game. I I really like that game a lot, and uh, I think, I mean, Alex Fister's done a great job with that. But I, I've liked most of his games I've played, so I'm I'm not horribly surprised. 
So we talked about uh, some random weirdness of we we I, I at least have my opinions on these Kickstarter and Indiegogo things and. Uh, we discussed our, our tabletop day and talked a little bit about Clank and Great Western Trail, two of the games we've been playing a lot of lately. I'm still thinking about the thing. Yeah, Me too. And we talked about how Sean wants the thing. Yeah, I'm going to cut it out of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're an ass. Uh, I, you know, if I had more free time in my life, I would do an edit entirely without you and post it just to see what would happen. Sorry, man, you didn't make the cut. You know? <laughs> bring your A game, maybe we'll work on it. We, uh, I think we're gonna break and, and play a game, because why not? We're here. Any, any closing thoughts, Sean? No. <laughs> Don? We had a long break. We played a lot of games in between. I think that worked pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think in an upcoming episode, you're going to hear uh, a couple of reviews of probably Clank and Great Western Trail because we've been playing those a lot, and that's been great. And, uh, yeah, and look for uh, Fire Tower. We're definitely going to be talking about that more. And hopefully uh, in, in the near future, Laura will be able to join us at least for one segment. Uh, yeah, she's, I, she's off this week. She is off this <laughs> week, and she's not even here. Uh, and we are, her and I are going to Origins in June uh, out in Columbus, Ohio, and that'll be fun. We're going to see a lot of fun people there and uh, have a good time and check out some new games and be a good time. Sean, if people want to talk to you on Twitter, where can they go? At S-E-A-N-F-R-A-N-C-I-S. Yep, that is where you can find me there. All right. And guess what, everyone? Long sought after, much requested. Don, where can people find you? I don't understand what we're talking about. I have a Twitter account. Woo! I have one tweet. Yes! That's, that's right. Yeah. That's quality tweet. I didn't even see his tweet. Uh-huh. Well, it's not even original material. I just, I replied well, to somebody. somebody else. Sure. You, somebody else had to set the table. I just replied. Well, listen. If someone else sets the table and you show up to eat, that's fine. Mm-hmm. So that's big news. Yeah. Oh, and you have a profile picture. Or do you? Mm, that's new. If you, oh no, I do. And that is that is the first thing that threw me off when I saw you tweet. Is I was like, huh? <laughs> and then it's, it's nondescript. I'm gonna fix that. Yeah, whatever. Don, your your first tweet was exactly 140 characters. Well done, sir. I thought they had to be 140 well characters. <laughs> yeah, they zap you. If, so if people want to follow you on Twitter, where can they go? Just look for people falling bored every day. Oh, Jesus Christ. Come on. You'll find me there. He's not ready. So, no, it's fine. Everyone, uh, I mean, Don, he's apparently... Let me, make a, let me make a tweet first. All right. Don is going to tweet, and I will favorite and retweet it. Oh, God. That's dangerous territory right there. But, yeah, you will. Uh, Don, we'll just say that Don is using a handle he's had for a long time, and there's a long backstory behind it. Not really long, but there's just a backstory, and we will talk about it if we need to. No, yeah, <laughs> I can be found on Twitter at Bored Every Day. You can see us on Instagram, Bored.EveryDay, or if you're Sean, Bored period every day. Uh, and feel free to check out the website. Go to your favorite place to find this podcast and rate and review us, please, or Sean will eat more of my popcorn. <sighs> he struggled to make that bag. He was concerned about your wrath from stealing his popcorn, and this is how you repay him. Yes, pretty much. Good.
So until next time, I'm Dan. I'm Don. Have a great week, everybody.